0: Our executive leadership team and the whole company understood that what makes the company really special is our people. And I approach people operations with that always top of mind uh, that our employees are our best customers and the happier our employees are, just the results are endless.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Well, two years plus, two years on change into the pandemic, uh, many people, many organizations, experts continue talking, and we continue to talk about what is known as the great resignation or the great migration or re- the great reshuffling, whatever we want to call it, but people leaving their jobs en masse uh, so to speak, and either moving to other jobs or doing some more independent work for a number of different reasons. And this has been something that is impacting a lot of organizations. But still, even today, we find some uh, a handful of outliers that perhaps have not been as negatively impacted by by this great migration or great resignation. For a number of reasons, they have not been that negatively impacted. And that's one thing that I want to learn about because I want to know what these amazing companies are doing so that other companies can either uh, get inspired or, or understand what has been done to see if they can do something similar to promote better talent retention and better talent attraction in their organization so that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about great talent retention strategies and acquisition too uh, if we have the time with somebody who has been in the space of HR for a long time being very passionate about leading uh, high growth technology companies especially at the intersection of data and people operations so Stacy welcome to the show how are you doing
0: Yeah. Good morning, Enrique. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, thank you so much. I am excited about this conversation. And I want to begin by asking you, so many companies are struggling to attract, to retain great talent. And I know uh, in your organization, you have been, uh, I don't want to say lucky, you have been very intentional in doing what needs to happen to retain that great talent. So what what have you done? What have you done that is different from all the other companies that are struggling and suffering, so to speak?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a super good question. And I don't know that what we're doing is all that unique, to be <laughs> honest, but it is very intentional. Um, so when I started here at Corvus a couple of years ago, um, one of the reasons that made me join the company is because our executive leadership team and the whole company understood that what makes the company really special is our people. And I approach people operations with that always top of mind uh, that our employees are our best customers and the happier our employees are, just the results are endless. Um, So when I started here in working for a company that takes a very people-first, heart-led, data-driven mentality, it's Been able to, I want to say, insulate us a little bit from what we are calling like this great resignation, where you see the attrition numbers skyrocketing for companies around us. And so, my approach has always been to people operations. You know, I work for our people, I work as the head of people operations, as the head of HR for our employees. And so, what that means is it's a very, you know, to use one of those terms that people understand, it's a very servant uh, leadership mentality, which means that, um, you know, a lot of people tell their employees what they want, say, hey, you have to work here, because this is where and when you get your best work done. Whereas at Corvus, we take the opposite approach. And we sort of say, hey, employees, we don't know you better than you know yourself. So how can we best support you, and what sort of support do you need to be put in place? And with that, we really put the employees in our in the driver's seat. Now, of course, we are a 300-person company, soon to be, you know, 4 or 500 this year, almost doubling in size year over year. And so, with that many people, it's hard to get a consensus, right? But what you do get is themes when you put structure in place that's really programmatic and systematic and gives employees a lot of different avenues to voice their concerns and their needs and what support they need or want in place. And you have that direct line back to leadership and specifically in human resources. It's really our job to make sure that they're getting that support. Oh,
1: That, that sounds to me like a real people-centered organization and not just because you build strategies and process around people, but because you, your role from what I'm hearing is, to serve them, is for them to understand thems- themselves well enough to say, this is what I need from you, organization. This is what I need from you, Stacey. This is what I need from my other leaders so that I can be my best self in this, uh, in, the, in not only in the organization, but specifically in the role that I'm performing. So I, I love that approach. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you operationalize sort of that thinking, that mindset in a day-to-day operation? How, what's how, What is unique? about that approach that you're trying to, that you are putting forward, that you're implementing in your organization?
0: Yeah, great question. So the first thing is um, we give our employees a ton of different avenues to share feedback with us. And this is both positive construction, um, constructive feedback, desires, wants. It doesn't just have to be what you need, but everything from your one-on-ones with your Uh, manager to we have an ask me anything at our all hands. We have um, every quarter, we have giant pulse surveys. We use Slack all the time and do polls in there. We um, provide so many different opportunities for our employees to share feedback. And once we get that feedback and we realize, wow, this is important to a handful of employees, You know what we do that makes us a little bit different and unique is we act on that feedback and we form committees. We form internal groups to say, Hey, you know what? We've always Corvus has always been a hybrid working environment, even before this pandemic. And we're going to continue to be, but what sort of more flexibility are you looking for employees? And so we form an internal action committee to say, what makes the most sense for giving our employees more flexibility? Do they want summer Fridays? Do they want a four-day work week? Do they want um, a no meeting day, particularly? Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like and however it comes up, as soon as we recognize that there is momentum behind an idea or behind feedback, we act on it. We listen. We don't just sit there and say, oh, thank you so much for sharing. And I think that action part is where Some companies tend to be viewed as a little bit more stricter or, man, this organization is maybe three or 6,000, so we can't act on every good idea. No, that's not the intention. The intention is to show that you are actually listening and incorporating and trying to figure out what is the best solution and make employees part of that decision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cecil, let me ask you the role of your uh, business leaders, peers, in, in sort of in this, uh, in building this kind of culture, in building this kind of mindset, uh, mm-hmm. because it, it, it's, it sounds a lot like you you do need a lot uh, of their, um, not only their buy-in, that, which you already have, but they need to be committed to making this work, for it to work.
0: Exactly. A hundred percent. And, you know, what's interesting is if your leaders don't recognize that their best strength is not necessarily a spreadsheet or unit economics or the total addressable market or any sort of these business type um, metrics and analysis out there, their best secret sauce is their people, then it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to have leaders who understand that in order to make a company great, everybody has to be great too in their role.
1: Yeah. How do you, what what do you tell HR leaders that are now finally realizing how important all of these elements that you talked about are, uh, providing flexibility, building a truly people-centered organization, listening to the people, act being open to feedback, acting on that feedback. What do you tell them when they want to do this, but then the roadblock is their leaders who see this as either fluffy or something that is not uh, the, the business, uh, uh, the company is not the right place to be, you know, being that human or that people-centered. What is your message to those HR people?
0: Yeah. So my message is to try it. Um, You know, start with the pilot. It's one of those things where people can argue all the time about feelings and what is right. I'll never forget. I had the worst experience with um, one of my C leaders at a previous company said to me, you know, if we're going to talk about feelings, then we're going to go with mine because I'm the most senior in the room and what I feel. But if we're going to talk about data, that's that's indisputable. And so when I think about that, I always think about, you know, these different metrics that you need to provide to your leadership that actually shows if you're not quantifying employee productivity or just general uh, metrics like revenue per employee, those are really good places to start. And We all know in theory that happier employees make um, a company more successful, but it's HR's job to actually prove that through the data. And nowadays, HR is amazing because we have so much data at our fingertips and at our disposal that it's really exciting. So, you know, don't take it from me. I always say, hey, don't let me be your expert, but Google yourself and just see all the different metrics out there. How are you measuring revenue per employee? How are you measuring employee productivity? And start small. It doesn't have to be a giant company-wide initiative right off the bat. Maybe you pilot it with a very small sample size of a team and measure the before and after. It may work, it may not, but no matter what, you've learned something, and your employees have felt heard yeah. and they felt respected and valued, and that's the missing connection there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you one question about data, which is, uh, you know, you're you're strongly bringing data to the uh, to the conversation, and I want to ask you, are there any uh, favorite data metrics, data points that you generally use to create the case? for more flexibility, for more listening, for more people-centered design? Are there any metrics that you are like, these are the metrics that I rely on to create that story?
0: Yeah, so there's a handful of metrics. There's not just one metric, but anytime you go to tell a story, you always have to tell about the good, the bad, and the progress along the way, and how we got to where we are today. The most obvious input and output you're going to see from um, the engagement of your employees is the attrition, and why are they leaving? So every single exit interview you're doing, what is your um, employee NPS score? What is your um, number one reason for the attrition? And making sure that those metrics are in place, but also making sure that we're also looking at other metrics, right? How quickly are people getting promoted? How satisfied do they feel at their job? You know, oftentimes in HR, we have pressure to feel that we have to do these giant, really robust employee engagement surveys, maybe once a year, whatever the uh, right frequency is for your organization, but it doesn't have to be that much. It's one of those where the closer you can get that real-time feedback, maybe you send a Slack to your engineering team and it's an anonymous poll. How is your day going so far? What did you learn today? How engaged did you feel or how excited did you feel by this new project? You know, a lot of these metrics, they don't have to be um super grand employee engagement surveys. They can be smaller pulse surveys, and they should be like a constant retention operational tool for you to be partnering up with each of your business leaders. Um, Some other metrics that I like to look at are, um, you know, when you think about the employee satisfaction, are people um, actively referring employees to the company, happy employees like to work with their friends. So how many referrals are coming into the company? You also can look at other things. Um, I mean, there's just a host of metrics out there that you can look at, but, um, I definitely, definitely encourage employee uh, HR professionals to keep a close pulse, as close as possible, on their employees through a bunch of different surveys and different yeah. ways that you can gather feedback.
1: No, this this is amazing, Stacy. Uh, and let me ask you, uh, as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation, what, one one of my last questions would be, uh, or is, uh, what what's what, what what are the challenges that you are that you deal with when you try to build such a such a People-centered organization because, I mean, if, if, even like st- things that s- seem to be so positive, there's going to yeah. be something in there that you're like, well, you know, this thing is not perfect, right? So what are those imperfections in this in in, the, in what you're trying to put forward?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that gonna, is gonna is going to come like the guardrails that I really strive to put in place are more around the. Um, expectation setting. So in other words, Um, you know, it's, we encourage all of our employees to bring up good ideas and not, and even not every idea we can do is actually that great of an idea. (laughs) And it's also, um, you know, sometimes it's just not appropriate for our size or where we are at a company, but what we do is we listen to those ideas and we say, Hey, look, there has to be a critical mass behind this, and then we can move on it. And sometimes that's super deflating to hear from an employee hey, I have this amazing idea. I only want to work instead of four days a week, maybe three. And I don't want my salary to change. And I want all this extra flexibility. And you're like, well, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's back up and let's realign our expectations. And so it's one of those where... Um, you know, as much as you can understand the people around you and how to leverage the people within your company who can be allies to you in this message and in this progress, the better. But it's it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. We can't act on every single idea that's brought to our table.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I especially like that you mentioned, you know, we are sort of uh, setting the expectations right so that people understand that being open to ideas as a main, implementing all of the ideas. I mean, that's exactly. simply not possible even for the wealthiest and largest companies in the world. That is just simply not possible. So Stacey, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights with us. I think this is very inspiring and it's a, it's a, I think it's a great message to HR leaders and, and, and business leaders so that they understand that it's possible to build a company that people will want to work for and they don't want to leave, even when the world sometimes yeah. seems to be falling <laughs> apart in so many different ways, you know, people will want to stay there. So, Stacey, so so thank you so much for being here with me and sharing all of these amazing insights. Thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Enrique. I hope it was helpful.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast that we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.